2: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey,
3: everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
1: Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details.
3: Chris Merrill back for Johnny 10 KFI AM640. More stimulating talk. Good to be back with you. It is Always uh, a pleasure. It's an honor. I always love to see Mark, too. Mark, last time I talked to you, it feels like it was last year. I feel like we're still becoming God, close. There's... We've worked a lot together lately. Happy so. New Year to you. I know. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. That was my bad uh, My bad. New Year joke <laughs> of the year. Because I normally, I hate those things. Oh, there's more yeah, where that somebody, You from. see somebody, oh, I was seeing people on Saturday, and they were like, oh, see you next year. <laughs> oh, I can't stand that. <laughs> it's just the worst. I Everyone gets a free that. pass on New Year's Eve. I know, I, I guess I just go, oh, good, that's original, isn't it? Ah. Yeah, I'm not, uh, oftentimes I'll give a courtesy laugh for things, but not on that. I don't give the courtesy laugh for the whole see you next year stuff. Oh, I can't stand that. Oh, it drives me crazy. It drives me bonkers. And then, uh, Mark, you were just talking about the rain. Rain and rain and rain. We had rain on uh, New Year's Eve and then uh, into, into New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just a mess. And then uh, I was seeing what they had. Up north, holy cow! Uh, what was it—the second heaviest rain total in San Francisco in 130 years or 170 something 170 like I years, uh, yeah. 170 years. Wow, man! Oh man, that's just impressive. Uh, and I and I was thinking, well, this is probably good, right? This is probably good for the drought, especially when you get to, when the mountains are getting a, a bunch of snowfall because that snowfall acts like a natural reservoir, and that seems good. I feel like that's a good thing. And then you get the stories of uh, uh, Snowpack, uh, and that seems wonderful. And then, of course, we get these other stories. As you said, one person one person died so far. Is that right?
4: Uh, I believe so. From... Uh, I don't have the details yeah. right in front of me, but that sounds correct.
3: Well, I was seeing people, too, that were headed into areas they shouldn't have been headed into with their vehicles. And uh, that's not, uh, it's not, not a smart thing to do. I it think that, that happens much for your car to get lifted up
4: yeah I think that happens a lot yeah. when it ha- when it rains in uh especially in Southern California um mm-hmm. I, I, I when I was uh getting off work uh Friday night or maybe it was Saturday yeah. it, it's been raining so long that it's blending together at like a Ray Bradbury story <laughs> uh I was hearing about cars and trucks turning sideways on the 101 on the way home and I just avoided it altogether <sighs> but I don't think yeah. people are great at driving in the rain here
3: no not great at driving in the rain and then when they do see uh, roads that are flooded i think there's an overconfidence that occurs and it really doesn't take much the thing that freaks me out about the about the the wet roadways and i'm and i'm not talking about just damp roadways where you have hydroplaning issues but when you have water standing water in the roadways it's not so much that i'm concerned about my vehicle not making it through although i should be uh, for me it's the worry that i can't see what's under that does that make sense? So, if the water is, is over the roadway, uh, it's possible that there's an area in that roadway that's washed out, or as you know, is, is, uh, maybe a sinkhole's developed or something, and you can't see that. That's what always worries me the most. If you've seen uh, a lot of old Warner, Warner of Brothers of cartoons, oh, I'm sorry. I think you're on yeah. a delay, and it's no, causing us to talk over each other. Uh, yeah, I
4: think if yeah, you've seen a lot old. of old uh, Warner Brothers cartoons, you know to avoid the puddles because
3: it could be an inch deep, or you could go down over your head. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. You are uh, you're spot on. You're you're picking up what I'm putting down here. Uh, I did wonder about the the impacts about of uh, 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 the rain on the drought, and we had the same thing happen last year, where we had a whole bunch of water come down, a, whole, a lot of rain in in the early months of the winter, and then it just kind of just disappeared, and that was a bit of a, a downer. I see that f- Fox. Well, I think it was Fox 11 was running the story from the, the Fox in the Bay Area. Uh, so this is what the, they sent one of their reporters out to take a look at the reservoirs and see if the reservoirs were getting any fuller. Go ahead there,
5: Eric. Play that. The backbones of California's water supply are the six mega reservoirs, Shasta, Oroville, Trinity, New Malonis, Don Pedro, and San Luis. Back on November the 8th, the state's six biggest mega reservoirs were 33% full. In normal years, they would have been 54% full, but the drought kept them low. Seven weeks later, midnight, December 30th, they were 34% full. As of midnight, December 31st, the atmospheric river added another whole percent, up to 35%. That's an enormous gain, Hmm. but still well below where they should be. That means that our largest dams remain 65% empty, requiring many more storms to get to the normal levels. It's going to take more than this to get us out of uh, the hole we've dug ourselves. Now, what's critically important about all of this is we need to keep getting these atmospheric rivers and plenty of them. The benefit, of course, is that what happens is with more water, you have less of the regulations that people don't like. And also, water prices do not spike as they normally will when you have shortages. The downside, of course, is there is the local damage and all of that stuff that happens. But on balance, we're doing well so far this year, but we were doing pretty well the same time a year ago, and that kind of fizzled yeah. out. We'll see what happens. Reporting live, Tom Baker yeah.
3: KTVU, Fox 2 News. Thanks, Tom. Uh, you, you heard the, the one little quote there from the California State Climatologist. is Dr. Mike Anderson. He said it's going to take a lot more than this to get us out of the hole that we've dug ourselves, meaning that we're using more water than is available. And we're hoping then that the storms that we had uh, last weekend and then what we're seeing uh, coming in this week, and there'll be some more this week as well, continue to sort of fill those reservoirs. The snowpack is going to be a huge help come spring and if we continue to get more rain then that's great the problem rain and snow of course the problem as he put it is the sort of the danger that it poses to humans and i, I don't know if you guys caught this i'm dive into it a little bit uh, more later on in the show but uh jeremy renner got injured did you see that jeremy renner the the guy from uh, the marvel movies and hurt locker and yeah while
4: well, plowing snow and that, and that is potentially
3: horrifying it is horrifying. He got his... Uh, what I'm reading is we're getting a little bit of information that's sort of trickling out as the different news agencies, especially TMZ, is going to go knock on every door in that in that area around Lake Tahoe where, where Renner lives. Um, uh, sounds like the the snowcat, the plow that he was driving, somehow ran over his leg, and they said that there, was, there were other injuries as well. And I guess it really damaged his leg, uh, which is, as you put it, Mark, horrifying. Uh, I, I want to... I'll get into that a little bit later on because I just started thinking about the mechanics of the whole thing. And one of the articles I was reading is that what may be the most concerning is all the different safety features those plows have to prevent such a thing from happening. And I we don't know we don't know exactly how it happened. I have some ideas based on experience. I've never driven the snow cap, but I've done some plowing with tractors and things. So uh I, I I'll kind of, I'll kind of walk you through how something could happen. Um, and again, until we get more information specific to that incident, we won't really know. But I'll give you some some ideas on what may have happened. And if if the story comes out, then you'll have an idea of what that might be. All right. In just a few moments, we're having a, a complete turnover in Washington D.C. As Congress is flipping control, the the House is flipping control from the Democrats to the Republicans, but there still seems to be a lot of uh, negotiating going on back and forth over who the leadership is going to be. We'll check in on what's happening in D.C. next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken today. The House speakership, uh, we think, in uh, Washington, is going to end up going to another California. It goes from Nancy Pelosi, Californian, to likely Kevin McCarthy. A Republican from California. So from the Democrat uh, re- representation of California to the Republican representation of California. And, and you thought Republicans in California were extinct. No. However, there's a big question about how Kevin McCarthy is going to get enough votes to become Speaker of the House. From um, New York Times. Uh, Representative Kevin McCarthy, California Republican leader, toiled on Monday, the day before his party was to assume the House majority to lock down the votes. He needs to be elected Speaker, having so far failed to break through, entrenched opposition from the hard-right lawmakers. Joining us to explain this a little more is our ABC News correspondent Andy Field. Andy, we all thought Kevin McCarthy was the heir apparent, but it doesn't seem quite so apparent now.
6: Yeah, No, it, it doesn't. Uh, there are at least uh, five holdouts in his party, and, and, and could be as many as nine, uh, they only have a four-vote majority in the, in the House, which means they need at least those four out of those five holdouts uh, for Kevin McCarthy to become the next Speaker. Now, Kevin McCarthy's done a, a bit of a presumptuous thing. He's already moved into the Speaker's he has, office. He hasn't oh. had the job yet. <laughs> so it will be interesting to see if he doesn't get it, and It's, you know, it's going to be a little chaotic tomorrow if he doesn't get it in the first vote Uh, because there's no other alternative that's going to get enough votes right now. And if that happens and they close out the day with no House speaker, the House cannot operate. Under the rules of the House, unless you have a House speaker, they can't pass a law. They can't even pass National Cherry Pie Day. They just can't do any of that stuff, huh. uh, although National Cherry Pie Day would be fantastic. I'm down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's busy giving away the store, doing everything that these uh, five pretty far-right Republicans want him to do. For example, they wanted to say, hey, if we don't think you're doing a good job, we want to bring up that we can fire you from the job and get someone else. The threshold for that right now is really high. You need almost half of your delegation to do that, so it almost never happens. He has agreed to let the vote be brought up by five people. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to pass. It's likely it wouldn't pass, but at least they get to air their grievances every time they don't like something, like uh, he passed a tax or he raised the debt ceiling or you know whatever he brought up as House Speaker. And they don't like it. They could basically call for the whole house to vote him out of office that really uh cuts cuts him off at the knees in terms of power in the house they've done other things that are just just inexplicable they've uh, he's he's agreed to get rid of the metal detectors at the doors of the house that were put in after january 6th so that people couldn't sneak guns or weapons onto the floor well there are a lot of uh very far right Republicans who didn't like it. They like to carry their firearms around the Capitol and they said, No, we don't like it. Marjorie Taylor Greene got fined almost her entire salary for doing that. Uh hmm. so he's agreed, yeah, we'll get rid of that too. So uh uh the odds of having a shootout on the House floor are now greatly increased. <laughs>
3: So, uh, Andy Field, our ABC News correspondent, why is McCarthy then dealing uh, with these people? It is why not? Why not go see if you can find some moderate Democrats, or is it? Does it all come down to the Republicans?
6: Oh, the Democrats are—they're getting popcorn. They're going to be sitting in the wings watching this. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, they—they want to see these guys explode. Look, you know, the bottom line is whoever's House Speaker for this next uh, House of Representatives is not going to have a whole lot of power. They've got a four-vote majority, and they don't seem to have leadership that can corral all of their members all at once to vote in lockstep, as Nancy Pelosi was much better at doing, apparently, or at least in the later years of of her tenure there. Uh, But all of that's a moot point because no matter what they try to pass, if they try to get rid of the Affordable Care Act again or they try to uh, pass a law that, that outlaws abortion everywhere in every state, it's not going anywhere because they don't have the votes in the Senate, and they certainly don't have uh, the vote in the White House. So a lot of this is going to be symbolic gestures just as they were under uh, former President Trump when the House – I think they voted to overturn the Affordable Care Act dozens of times. But they didn't have the votes in the Senate, so it never went anywhere. But they can go back to their constituents when they have to run for re every two years and say – Look at those terrible Democrats. They keep blocking what you want us to do, so go vote more Democrats and we'll get it
3: done. Is, is that the plan by the, the people in the what they're calling the America First Republicans? I see Andy Biggs has tweeted out, the left is taking control of our institutions. The leadership of both parties have facilitated the takeover of them, and now when America First Republicans have a chance to effectuate change, even our own are fighting that the speaker's race tomorrow will be revolutionary. I don't know if that's indicative of uh, a surprise we're going to see tomorrow or if uh, Biggs who's part I think he's one of these 5 that you're talking about Andy. Uh, yes, I, I yes. believe uh, you know are they just saying uh, you know is he saying this is going to be a huge deal cuz we're going to get all these different concessions. What is the end game for for this group of 5 to 9 representatives uh, on the right?
6: They want power. They want they you know it, it, it's uh... Oh, gosh, what was the name of that movie where uh, the woman told Michael Douglas, I will not be ignored? Um, oh, yeah.
3: Uh, I know what you're talking about. Was that War of the Roses? No, that wasn't War of the Roses. I know what you're no, talking
6: about, it was, uh, I can't remember. I did. She was yeah. killing a rabbit. Fatal Attraction, kitchen. right? Fatal Attraction. Fatal attraction. Is it Glenn Thank Close? you very much. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, Took me they you know, They're basically Glenn Close saying, we will not be ignored. It's Andy Diggs, Matt Gates, Bob Good of uh, Virginia. Uh, Matt Rosendale of Montana, Ralph Norman of South Carolina. And there's a whole list of people who haven't – they still say they're not convinced. So that's five. And then you add Paul Gosar and uh, uh, a couple Black of uh, representative elects in there, Chip Roy, yeah. Scott Perry of Pennsylvania. These are people at the further right end of the spectrum in the Republican Party uh, who don't think Kevin McCarthy is radical enough for them.
3: So how does this end, Andy Field, our ABC News correspondent? As you pointed out, there has well, to be a leader. that's why
6: the popcorn concession stand is is loading up tonight, because <laughs> we don't know. Uh, the uh, it, it could very well be that for the first time in 100 years, they don't elect the speaker on the first ballot. And they could end the day and, and the session closes and nothing happens. In fact, no one's actually even sworn in. You cannot swear in the rest of the of the House until a speaker is chosen. So you're just going to have a whole bunch of members-elect waiting to do something, and then they'll come back the next day, um, yeah. and they'll try to work something out. But it seems as though Kevin McCarthy is going to have to keep giving up more and more power in order to get the votes from these folks.
3: A rather auspicious start to the new Congress. Andy Field, our ABC News correspondent. Andy, love talking to you. Thanks for your coverage on this. Appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, bud yeah I I don't know how this plays out, but I got to tell you, it doesn't look good. Uh, when people are looking for leadership and the leaders can't figure out how to how to even decide their own leadership, it certainly doesn't bode well, but look, we're almost a full two years from the next election. So how much of this will even be remembered in two weeks? Hard to say. Speaking of what's happening there in DC and in Congress, there is a congressional mess coming, as uh, Andy was saying, some of those don't want to be ignored. Okay, we got some big items on the next agenda. That's next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app, watching what's going on in Washington. And uh, i got to tell you, I don't like to watch a whole lot of, I don't like to talk a whole lot of politics because, frankly, it's it's just gossip. But as gossip goes, this is a pretty interesting thing going on now, as there's a, there's a tiff uh, between the far right and the center right in Washington, and they don't seem to know if they're going to be able to get Uh, Kevin McCarthy, installed as the new speaker. And if they don't, you can't do anything else. You can't even set the House rules. You can't do any of that stuff. Uh, So it's a bit of a mess right now. Marjorie Taylor Greene sharing details of the new rules that will govern the House of Representatives if they can vote Kevin McCarthy in. So the first thing they have to do is they have to come up with a new Speaker of the House. If it's Kevin McCarthy, uh, then they move forward and they can set their rules. The proposed rules, which would have to be passed then after McCarthy is installed as the Speaker of the House, if he wins the vote, includes a resolution to create a subcommittee to probe, quote, the weaponization of the federal government, end quote, under President Joe Biden's administration. So I guess we start with a new weaponization of the federal government committee. I don't know if that's what we call it. The, The WAFGA? According to Green, we are so serious. It's not just a goal. It's a rule. Um, Establish a select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government to investigate the full extent of the Biden administration's assault on the constitutional rights of American citizens. So we'll be able to watch that play out. Oh, I'm here for it. I, I can't wait. Can't wait to watch that. What a good use of all kinds of time. But look, there's an awful lot of people that go, oh, well, it's true. We have this issue in America where any time we've got leadership that does something we don't agree with, we tend to say it's unconstitutional and they've shredded the Constitution. Or my favorite is they're wiping their butts with the Constitution. I feel like that one has the most imagery attached to it. And so I appreciate it the most. Uh, but is it? See, the Constitution doesn't say that we all have to agree on everything. Uh, But uh, it doesn't stop people from claiming that whatever they don't like is unconstitutional. Oh, this is going to be a fun couple of years. This is going to be a blast. The new Congress has new priorities, and many of those will involve investigations, not only the Select Committee on uh, the Weaponization of the Federal Government, but we're going to get to the bottom of what is in Hunter Biden's laptop. This is where I um, I don't want to see a ton of energy used on it, but I'd like to see some. I would. Uh, I want to see what is going on with the laptop. Uh, The representative from Kentucky, Representative James Comer, is slated to chair the House Oversight Committee. That is, of course, if they can get a new Speaker of the House and then move forward. Comer has promised extensive investigations into Hunter Biden's financial dealings and and compliance with tax laws concerned about whether Joe Biden has been compromised by son Hunter Biden's business interests. I'm, I'm for it. I am. According to Comer, an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal, if Mr. Biden's family members have deals with foreign adversaries, it could compromise his decision-making as president in a way that threatens national security. Awesome. Absolutely. If our leader has been compromised, I want to know. And I run into this a lot. Here's, here's the deal on this, though. You have to be balanced in your application, Right. So I'm all for it. Investigate Hunter Biden's financial dealings. And if there's something wrong, he needs to face uh, he needs to face trial for that. He needs to be punished. Absolutely. If that is bled over and it's somehow influenced uh, President Biden, and this is where it gets a little bit tricky, where we talk about actual influence versus uh, political hand-wringing. So if Joe Biden has been legally influenced, if we can tie Joe Biden to doing some shady dealings, impeach him. Get him out of there. But if you say, well, Hunter Biden was on this board and this board was friendly to China, therefore, uh, Joe Biden must be uh, tied to it. eh, That's a little more tenuous. It's good for political fodder, but it's not something you can actually show. It's straw man stuff, right? You can't really do that. But if the president has been compromised, absolutely. But remember this, then. Going forward, this is your precedent. And unfortunately, what we've seen is that the parties tend to rally behind their own leader and they go, well, President Trump would never be compromised. So, Jared Kushner may have had dealings with Saudi Arabia. That doesn't mean President Trump had anything to do with it, right? And I'm fine. If President Trump didn't have anything to do with it, great. Likewise, if Joe Biden doesn't have anything to do with anything Hunter Biden is doing, then you have to accept that. That's not how it plays out, though, because politics is a team sport and we all know the other team is always cheating it doesn't matter if you're talking politics or or if you're talking uh sports the other team is always cheating or the refs screwed us that's the other one too it's the refs screwed us which is why we end up getting a whole lot of activist judges are ruining america that's the equivalent of the refs the refs screwed us in that game and look i'm a michigan fan i watched the refs take a touchdown off the board on saturday and Uh, and then Michigan couldn't punch it in. They fumbled the ball, and they didn't get a touchdown. They lost by six points, and if they'd have scored that touchdown, they would have had seven points. But, you know, am I screaming the refs screwed us? A little bit. But fact is this team has to win the game, right? And instead, us fans, we always go, the refs screwed us. Uh, The other team cheated, whatever it might be. However, then there are those politicians that really are doing some things that are shady. And if you've been following the saga of George Santos, as our last guest, Andy Field from ABC, uh, put it, uh, stock up at the concession stand because you're going to need popcorn for this one. Santos, a Republican, elected in New York's third congressional district in a recent midterm election, beating out Democratic nominee Robert Zimmerman. Uh, several weeks after his election, numerous reports emerged claiming that Santos had fabricated numerous aspects of the backstory that he campaigned on, including his work history, education, religious background, and charitable work. This from uh, Newsweek. On Sunday, a report from New York Times uncovered yet more details from the congressman's, con- congressman-elect's past, including more allegations of serial dishonesty. That's a bit dramatic. The report cited allegations from uh, Pedro Villarva, who claimed to have started dating Santos in 2014. Uh, Vilarva was 18 at the time. Santos was 26. Okay, whatever. Totally legal. As Vilarva told the outlet, their relationship began to falter in 2015 due to a variety of situations, including one in which he accused Santos of surprising with tickets to Hawaii that did not actually exist, and another in which he believed Santos stole his phone and pawned it. Oh, there's one more thing that this story fails to point out, and that is that in 2014, when Santos began dating Vilarva. Records show Santos was still married to a woman at the time. Oops. Yeah, that's a bit of a booger, isn't it? It really gets in the way of a relationship. Yeah, you're dating, everything's going fine. and uh, Honey, there's something I have to tell you. Uh, my wife is coming over to pick up some things. Yeah. Uh, gay, straight, whatever. If somebody drops the bombshell of, oh, my wife is on her way. That uh, it becomes a bit, a bit of a hang up. Uh, So Santos, uh, according to the Daily Beast, which uh, pretty leftist publication, so take it or leave it. uh, uh, Daily Beast says they can't find any report of his current marriage. But they did find a record showing that Santos was married to a woman named uh, Uadla Vieira, a native of Brazil, until 2019. The couple was married in 2012. So if he was married in 2012 and was with this woman until 2019 then the relationship that he was having with this other dude was extramarital. Which, legal, well, depending on the state you're in, but I think in New York, legal. Not exactly upstanding, however. Not something we think of as being a, you know, somebody who cares about uh, truth, justice, in the American way. Typically, in most relationships, frowned upon. And now there are calls saying maybe he should step down. Uh, Kevin Brady is a Republican from Texas. He said yesterday that Santos should consider resigning after he admitted that he fabricated and embellished several claims about his background involving his education and work history and his Jewishness. Uh, during an interview on Fox News Sunday, Brady, who's retiring from Congress, said that Santos would need to, quote, take some huge steps, end quote, to regain public trust, saying this is troubling in so many ways. Certainly he's lied repeatedly. He certainly is going to have to consider resigning. But do people care? I mean, do they care? He says he's sticking around. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be a very effective leader. But as it stands right now, we don't even have a Speaker of the House ahead of us. So Santos may not even have anybody to resign to. And do people, we love the gossip. Washington's become a reality show more than it ever has before. So maybe having this villain in Washington is just another character on our reality tv show that we call america that's the cynic in me and then the other part of me is just again grabbing the popcorn to watch all this unfold chris merrill in for john and ken kfi am 640 we're live everywhere in your iHeartRadio radio app We'll talk a little bit more about jeremy renner in this accident uh that he uh that he got plowing snow that is next disappointed saddened um, shocked i suppose when i saw that jeremy renner had been injured not just injured but in critical condition uh after critical but stable condition they say with injury suffered after experiencing a weather-related accident while plowing snow earlier today uh the uh, the today show had this had this uh, brief uh kind of primer on what happened
0: avengers star jeremy renner often seen on his instagram enjoying winter weather at what he called his happy place lake tahoe nevada but today the two-time oscar nominee's love of the outdoors may have landed him in the hospital washoe county nevada renner's home for the past seven years was hit with heavy snowfall in a new year's eve storm in a statement, Renner's rep confirming to NBC News overnight that Jeremy is in critical but stable condition with injuries suffered after experiencing a weather-related accident while plowing snow. Hmm. While it's not clear exactly what happened or what type of injuries he sustained, the incident was serious enough that authorities say a rescue flight was needed to get him to the hospital. Their is en route but unknown if they can land in feet of snow. Although Renner shot to Hollywood stardom after the Hurt Locker in 2008 and later as superhero Hawkeye in the wildly popular and successful Marvel movie franchise, he still liked getting his hands dirty with construction and renovation projects. Often seen on social media operating heavy machinery like this massive snowplow and driving his Jeep doing donuts in the snow. He was even set to star in a new unscripted series for Disney Plus this year called Renovations, where he would help communities around the world using his handyman skills and love for renovation. It's unclear now if this accident will put those plans on hold. Now, we do know that Renner was the only one involved in the accident. And guys, we are told his family is at his side as he's recovering. Back to you. All
3: right. So, uh, you heard at the very end, they said that he was the only one involved in the accident. All right. I don't know if that means that he's the only one injured, but they say he's the only one involved. A couple of things about this. Uh, As somebody that grew up in a pretty snowy area in northern Michigan, uh, I've had the opportunity to operate various pieces of snow removal equipment, and many of them can be pretty dangerous. The snowcat, which, by the way, everyone is... Uh, spelling it wrong when they report on this I, I've seen it spelled uh, w- It's not spelled with a W Everybody keeps spelling it Snowcat S-N-O-W-C-A-T It's actually S N O C A T. cat Anybody that does crossword puzzles knows that Snowcat is the brand name This is a machine That is built specifically for Pushing snow, it's got heavy tracks on it uh, It looks like it's got a An old fashioned Mack truck uh, Cab, uh, and then it's got a big plow that pushes things around. It's it's not big like a semi. It's um, it's more like one of those. It's like a really big forerunner that that pushes snow around. For those of you that know what it is, uh, you're probably angry with me. I'm probably not describing it well enough. For those of you that don't know what it is, hopefully I've given it well enough that you have an idea. So the snowcat is just this piece of machinery built for moving snow, and they use this in those areas, in the mountains, uh, Vale, Aspen, Tahoe. Uh, any of the mountain areas, probably uh, uh, Big Bear, they've probably got a few up there. Uh, they're very effective. Renner has one. Renner has a lot of heavy equipment, and he does an awful lot with his heavy equipment for the community, to his credit. He actually has a whole bunch of fire trucks there, and uh, he's installed a hydrant so that he can help fill fire trucks and get fire trucks out if, uh, if there's wildfires threatening the Tahoe region. Right, which is pretty great. I mean, guy guy could spend his own money just going somewhere else, but he's not. He's spending his money at home, making the community better. Uh, I saw Jeremy Renner in Hurt Locker, thought he was amazing, kind of followed his career since then. Um, the town, he was incredible. Uh, he's a musician. You see him pop up and play shows. I've seen him do some late-night shows and things like that. You heard the report working on a thing uh, called renovations which is kind of a flipping show where he goes and helps people uh, by doing some construction work so he's he's injured and what we're hearing is that the the injury seems to be a significant injury to his leg according to a neighbor this is from tmz the plowing machine called a snow cat again tmz spells it wrong accidentally ran over one of jeremy's legs and he was losing a lot of blood from the injury we're told another neighbor who's a doctor was able to put a tourniquet on his leg until paramedics arrived And then, of course, he was airlifted out of there. If, in fact, the reports are accurate, then that would explain the critical but stable condition that he's in. We don't know anything beyond that. We don't know if he's going to lose a leg. We don't know if he's going to make full recovery. We don't have any idea. Uh, They also say that uh, there are other injuries besides his leg. Uh, His injuries are extensive along with his leg. Other parts of his body have been injured. That, again, from TMZ, a source close to Jeremy telling them that. How accurate is it? It's TMZ. Sometimes they're spot on. Sometimes it's malarkey. So we don't know officially what those injuries are. As somebody that has used some different snow removal equipment, not I've never used a snowcat uh, to be uh, to be clear, uh, but there are a number of different safety uh, options on these. Not even options, safety uh, 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 mechanisms in place on different heavy equipment. The most obvious one is, and I don't know. Again, the snowcat, the tractors I've used in moving snow, and also tractors for you know summertime activities, is that there's a kill switch on the seat, just like you would have on a riding lawnmower. So that if you're not on the seat, if there's no weight on the seat, if there's not pressure on the seat, the seat um, the seat lifts and it disconnects. Right, so the circuit is broken, the engine shuts off. I can also tell you having operated a number of these different pieces of equipment that many people will bypass that safety feature. It's not real safe, but they do it because you're hopping in and out of the cab. Uh, maybe you have to go remove a, a piece of debris. Uh, and so you, you put everything in neutral or you put everything in, in park, whatever, whatever, however your system works. And then you jump off the seat, you jump out and, you know, in, in the case of the tractor that I used most recently, my folks have one. Um, so when I'm, when I'm back there, uh, with them jump off and you know maybe there's a maybe there's a stick that got hung up on one of the rakes uh, something of that sort um, so you jump up not telling you it's the right idea I'm just telling you it's one thing that can happen uh, as some of these different safety features may be disengaged for convenience sake the idea that the snowcat ran over his leg led me to wonder if maybe there was someone else involved maybe somebody else was there uh, the reports are no one else was involved in the incident the other easy thing would be an accident where there's someone else in the cab that accidentally engages the machine, which would then you know run him over. To do damage on his leg like that makes me think he wasn't hit by the plow itself but was actually hit by one of the tracks, uh, which is you, you, like you see on a tank in replace of, uh, replacement of, the, of having tires. You'd have tracks like they have on a tank. Uh, and if that were to run over his leg, it would do significant damage. We don't know what kind of terrain he was on. Uh, if it's soft snow, maybe it doesn't do as much damage as it would if, if it were on uh, hard, uh, hard pack snow uh, because there would be a little bit of give in the snow underneath his leg. we don't know. Whatever it is, when I heard that he got hit by a snow cat, I went, oh, that's very bad. It's very bad. When they say that there's damage to other parts of his body, extensive damage, it makes it sound to me like it wasn't just his leg that got run over. The other thing is extracting somebody from that situation can be very difficult. Um, when emergency crews show up, they have to determine what the best way is to extract somebody from a situation. If the snow cat had run over his leg, but had come to a stop on top of it, that's a real challenge, real challenge. Do you back it up? Do you push it forward? Do you try to lift it off? If you can't get a crane in there, can you lift it off? Can you jack the thing up in order to pull the, the patient out from underneath? It becomes a logistical nightmare. So just based on my experience I I tend to believe that maybe there was a safety switch that had become disengaged. Maybe the the track was rolling forward as he was jumping out of the cab, perhaps uh, for one reason or another. Don't know why he exited the cab. We just don't know. But we're going to get that information. I wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up on what it's like to run, you know, uh, the piece of heavy machinery uh, from the driver's perspective. And we don't know how this happened, but I think there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of explaining to do and a lot of information going to come out in the next couple of days. Uh, I'm very curious as to, as to what that's going to show. Speaking of tragedies, we have been following the, uh, the tragedy there in Idaho, the, the college students that were murdered uh, back in November. The suspect in custody, we'll get an update on whether or not he's going back to Idaho uh, or if he's going to fight extradition. Uh, Big questions about that, and he's still maintaining innocence. We'll talk about it here in just a sec. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app.
2: Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. group prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality